off the ball. GAA. Every team obviously thinks when they start training for whatever competition it is, whether it's a junior championship or a intermediate county championship, that they want to win it and going to win it. You know, and but that's just the way it is. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. I'm very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am your host, Kathleen McNamee, and as well as the Women's Super League returning this weekend, we also have one of our favourites back in business. Emma Byrne has decided to return to us after a little sojourn with the Irish Women's National Team for their first couple of Nations League games, which uh, I think we agreed, Karen, went relatively successful despite Emma's involvement, of course. <laughs> well, let's not get into the despite or in spite of things. Thing. Like we've already parked the bus on those comments, but no, welcome back, Eva. We missed you, and yeah, it was a decent outing for you. Happy to be back, and you make it sound like I had made a decision not to be here, which wasn't the case. <laughs> Literally, time ins, you know, team meetings, team dinners, <laughs> just it just wasn't working. Yeah, great experience, brilliant experience, but very happy to be back. And receiving your cap as well, which there was a very nice video in which you cringed your entire way through. Everyone else was like, oh, isn't this lovely? And you were just standing at the back of the room, like, let the wall swallow me up. It's because there was no pre-warning, like nothing. I thought we were in there just going through the usual meetings and next of all, they started talking about me. I was not prepared for it. So just wanted to move it along. Thinking about the players, players first, players priority. They don't want to be hanging around listening to KE lavish all this attention on me. No, thanks. Nobody wants to hear that. I feel like there would definitely be a few in there who would enjoy watching you squirm a little bit. Oh, they, they, they actually it was surprising how many were enjoying it to be honest <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it yeah you said there that like it was really nice and I know we talked to you before about you know coaching and you said it's always something that's been really important to you and you know mentoring especially younger talent coming through is something you always talk about did the experience of being in with the national team kind of live up to your expectations or was it different or how did you find it I oh, definitely lived up to them. Um, I mean, coaching, ed- education, coaching is is all the same thing. It's about how you can deliver a message and trying to find the best way to do that and trying to find the ones that you don't think uh, really get it or the, the ones that need a little bit more help with it, which is all, always um, fun for me. And... And then just being with a, a good group of people is very important. Also, like probably the most important thing for me is being around good people where you can learn and where you can develop as a person and and help other people. So there's there was definitely a really good balance in there. So, yeah, it was just a really, really nice environment. And you got to go in at a time as well where you had that first game in the Aviva. It must have been pretty cool walking out onto the pitch that day. It, it was it was really cool. To, to be honest, the moment kind of it kind of passed me by because I was more focused on the game and who we were playing and and what what we wanted 
the outcome we wanted. Um, and then looking back on the photos, I was like, wow, that, that was really cool. There was a lot of people there, but I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't really appreciating it that much, to be quite honest. And it's like, that will never leave you as a player. You're the same. Carol will tell you we could be anywhere. Everyone's always asking, oh, where's your favorite place to play? And where would you? I'm like, I, I'm anywhere really- that we win. Yeah, not. I really don't know how to answer because I'm like, it's a brilliant experience. Yes, it's it's a big step for women's football. Huge, a great thing for the girls. But for me, it was like, we need to win here. If we don't win, I don't ever want to talk about this day again. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, in fairness, I it's a slightly different side of things. But I know like I've gone to some very cool sporting events and for work and covered them and people be like, oh, what did you think? And like, you don't have an opportunity to enjoy it in the moment. Like I remember when Katie scored the goal at the World Cup, there was that moment of, ah, this is so class. But then immediately you were like, oh, okay, I need to tell work that she scored and I need to do this and I need Mm -hmm. to do that. And like saving the Euros last year, doing the FA or the Euros final in Wembley, you're like, that was a really, really cool event, but I remember so little of it because I was trying to file copy and I was trying to run to a presser or whatever it is. So a different side of things, but I do I do kind of understand it's, what it's you mean. It's the same when you get married, by the way. So something for you to think about. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. You don't enjoy it because you're just like waiting for the next thing. Is everything going okay? And then the day is over and you're like, oh, all right. That was kind of cool. I think you should do it again so you can enjoy it. Oh, don't worry, I probably will in a couple of years. So. <laughs> this is always an excuse just to have another party if you can't remember the first one. Just like keep partying until your your memories are gone for other reasons, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and will we be seeing you back on the touchline anytime soon, Emma? Oh, now we're getting into um, it. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know where the things are still being kind of ironed out so we're we're all just kind of still in the loop still chatting about it and and just kind of, I think things might be finalized in the next week or so because it's coming soon right uh the the national international break's coming soon so I think it's all going to be finalized in the next well probably by the end of this week to be honest I think that's great because I mean the next you, whatever manager comes in or whatever staff, the more contact time you get with international, the better, obviously, um, so that they can kind of form their identity, I guess. But I think everyone is very happy with, I don't know, I think a lot of the girls um, mentioned it in their interviews after that they played with a bit more freedom. And I think the word fear, like I said, was used and they didn't have fear to get on the ball. I think that was really evident. So it was it was an enjoyable watch. I got to enjoy the occasion. I know you were working and stuff. I was trying to give you a wave, Emma, and you were too busy with your cones and looking at the I was my cones. You yeah. love a cone. I was looking up at you. I was like, I must go up there. But you were like way off in the corner, like it's a big stadium. I'd have to get back, go up and get back in yeah. time for in- kickoff. <laughs> the knees couldn't take it like no no the knees the knees definitely can't take it no yeah well Karen and I definitely enjoyed the experience of getting even if it was 7am getting to come on the podcast and talk not only about multiple wins but multiple goals as well and goals from open play it was very very enjoyable from wow. our side of things wow. <laughs> how did you find Emma being like a general assistant coach rather than like specifically on the goalkeeping side um, yeah, that was different for me. I, I found myself 
looking at the goalkeepers and and trying to help them as well I'm like okay yeah, that's um, that's Richie's job Richie's but this is the good thing about the, the all the staff and and all of us together we were all working together um, and I've been in situations before where the coaches are very you know protective of their job that's their job you do yours and I'll do mine and I'm going to do mine better than yours and all this kind of stuff and it wasn't like that at all we all helped each other and um, we all advised each other and took uh, stuff on and I think we all learned uh, from each other in the in the camp which was great um but yeah it was it was interesting I mean I mean I have coached I was the academy direct uh, assistant director at Arsenal so it's what I've done before but um obviously goalkeeping is my expertise but um you become a coach first before you become a goalkeeping coach so it was no different to be quite honest it all flowed quite naturally for you. So, well, I'm glad you enjoyed the experience and we were definitely looking forward to seeing you back on the touchline, wherever that may be, at club or country, um, <laughs> very, very soon. As I said, alongside your little journey back to us, we also have the WSL back this week, which we are going to be looking at in a little bit more depth later on in the podcast and um, had a few accounts with random names and no pictures tweeting us asking where Emma Carroll was with her team of the weeks. And I cannot confirm or deny that these are bots that she set up herself, but it did work. And she is back with her team of the week in this week's podcast, which everyone will be very happy to hear about. Um, I was chatting to Julie Flaherty on Off the Ball this morning and she was like, God, yeah, it seems like it's been so long since the league was back. And I was like, Julie, I feel like I haven't had a moment to sit down and think Never and all of a sudden the league is back. Did it seem like a quick turnaround for you guys just with the World Cup and everything else going on or have you kind of felt the, the absence of the league? No, I think it, it the break did not seem long at all. <laughs> like Because obviously most of the girls and the big names that we talked about were uh, very present at the World Cup and then there was a lot of movement. So even before the World Cup, there was a lot of transfer talk um, and it's great. I mean, it's more media, more coverage and stuff like that. Um, obviously more football, the better for us, but I'm not sure how the girls themselves will feel. It, some people talking about tired legs in the first game and a little bit of lethargy in some of the performances, um, I thought was a bit interesting, but um, we're happy to have it back. Yeah, it's nice to have normal football back. Emma, you were at the Emirates, I saw. Did you enjoy the experience? Yes, it was really nice to be back there. Um, again, we're, t- we're talking about, an, uh, you know, fantastic stadium, great crowd, but at the end of the day, Marissa. they lost. So for me, that was, I'm thinking about that. Um, but a lot of people were still buzzing about the occasion. And I know overall women's football won, blah, 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 but, you know, I am quite bitter about the result more than anything. But yeah, it was a great, great experience. Crowd was huge, massive. And it's funny because we were walking out the the players' tunnel. We had to walk that way to get out. And as I was walking out, Kim Little and Katie came out of the dressing room. So we ended up walking out, the three of us together, and we kind of got caught in the moment. And I kept walking. (laughs) (laughs) I had to be told what are you not allowed on the pitch <laughs> it's like okay sorry it's just my natural movement is to go with them um but yeah it was it was a really nice experience um bit of a strange one 
to be honest, everything mm. about the game was really strange about formations, about changes, about just in general. Yeah, that was that was a weird, weird game. Mm. Yes. Well, we will get into that plenty um, in a little bit. But also, Karen, just before we move on to Emmett's Team of the Week, quite a few cancellations across the league here. How does that make you feel in terms of going into the last couple of matches? I know it's kind of almost to be expected, which we shouldn't be just in terms of pitch qualities at times. But um... Yeah, I know. But I mean, Saturday was absolutely torrential and it was understandable. Um, Obviously, you're getting towards the latter end of the season. There's been a a lot of traffic on those pitches. So um, I think it's more disappointing, obviously, for teams who had their games cancelled, who were preparing all week. Didn't make a huge amount of difference to Piment. Obviously, we were idle, only we would know where we stand a little bit more going into the last few games. But um, I mean, as it stands, everything is as we thought it would be. So for us, nothing changes. We're just looking forward to the treaty game. Obviously, it's been very stop start with the internationals and all the breaks in the season. And we're into October now, but at the end of the season is still really far away. So it's kind of hard to get your head around the fact that we are near toward the end of the season. But um, well, look, it is what it is. Just how have you found that in terms of? So don't get how sick. have you found that in terms of like motivating yourself and I suppose also keeping your body all right because the stop start nature That's must be kind of difficult. The body part is the problem. It's been a very long season and it's noticeable now that people are starting to pick up niggles and and things like that. And that's kind of the the hardest part to manage because you continue training throughout all these breaks and stuff. But again, because we're amateur, there's no recovery times and stuff after matches. So um, I don't know if there's a better way to do it. Um, This year, obviously, was particularly different with the two months off for the World Cup. Obviously, we we won't complain about that. Um, I just wonder if there is a a different way to to look at the fixtures in in the future. there might well be, particularly if we continue the trend of people from the league not being um, in and around the squad. Maybe it becomes exceptions where you refix those games. But anyway, for now, four games left, second week in November. Try and stay alive till then. Well, as you say as well, hopefully we start qualifying for more international and major tournaments. And if that's the case, then it's something that definitely needs to be looked at. Yeah, I mean, obviously with pitches and stuff, you think the Summer League is the best thing to do and it aligns with the men's league but then when you're amateur or you're where we are and a lot of the English clubs or whoever comes in and takes your players mid-season there's always a lot of kind of unpredictability to to where you're going to be from start to the end of the season and obviously it's a great thing when when the girls get professional contracts but when you're not leaving it's kind of sad (laughs) when you're not leaving (laughs) I'm not going anywhere when you're staying there Still training from January to November. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought when you said you weren't going anywhere, that was another, uh, Karen is definitely going to be here for another season announcement. I'll be here till November and then we'll we'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, as promised, uh, we will be looking back at the WSL first opening weekend. But first, we are going to look at the inaugural team of the week for this season. So as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, we had a few 
anonymous accounts demanding the return of Emma Carroll. So, of course, we acceded and said that, of course, we will let her return for a fresh season. Emma, it is very nice to have you back. It's the week of the return of the Emmas. That's the name of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Return. Yeah. How are things? How did you find your first team of the week of the season? I saw you had your traditional photo on Twitter of your multiple screens out. Yeah, it's difficult when they're all overlapping in kickoff times, isn't it? To watch mm. everything. And there was probably no, like, we were lacking in a lot of standout performance, I think, this weekend. There's a couple of good ones, but... I think overall, that was kind of the tiredness that Karen mentioned a little bit earlier, settling in, even though it is the first game back. Felt a bit like that, yeah. But um, I won't complain because Liverpool won at the Emirates, so happy out. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the first thing Emma texted me after the game being like, because we had discussed going over to the Emirates to the game and she was like, so raging we didn't. And I'm like, so happy we didn't. <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to handle it. It would have been too much pain for my heart. Um, would, but before you do your full Liverpool gloating, Emma, would you like to run through who is in your team? Start with the goalkeeper, Liverpool's Rachel Loss. Um, and then four at the back, Covisto, Alexandri, Bonner and Charles. Kim Little, Jill Roard in the middle. Garcia, James and McCabe and Mia Fischel up top after her debut. We were joking in the group chat earlier when McCabe make it. The way you responded, I actually genuinely thought she wasn't going to be in there. So that's entertaining. Who was the standout performer for you in a week that maybe there wasn't all that many? Lauren James. Mm-hmm. she's just a joy to watch and seeing Kim, Kim Little back as well and because just her touches and passes is just I could watch Kim Little Frank Kirby and Lauren James all day I think to be honest just so good but um, yeah Lauren not James when, not when they're all it. kicking off at the same time you are. <laughs> no it's difficult yeah <laughs> I mean, a weekend where Kim Little is back on the pitch, Frank Kirby is back on the pitch, and Leo Williamson is back kicking balls and in training sessions is always, it's a good weekend. Emma Byrne, what were your thoughts on this first team of the week? Yes, good. I thought Laws was brilliant. She was great. She made some cracking saves, which is surprising because I actually thought she was going to be dropped this season. So I think um, she's definitely played her way back into that starting eleven. I thought uh, Lie Alexandri had a great game. Again, another player that's playing her way into the the city team. She should be a regular now. Um, Neve Charles, I probably would have put another City player in there. I thought Leilu Habi had a great game as well. I know she got sent off, which probably shouldn't have been sent off, but I thought she had a great game. And considering she was sat on the bench all last season as well, that's difficult. But yeah, uh, Covista was very good yesterday as well. Lauren James was class. Probably should have been sent off, to be honest, with a little kick out. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Yeah. Lessons learned from the yeah. World Cup. Oh. Not sure, not sure. And <laughs> um, Katie played okay. So... I'm surprised you squeezed two Arsenal players into this <laughs> team. I'm just putting that out there. That was a poor result. So to get two in... Mm. Kimmy, Kimmy, I understand. Yeah. Uh, Katie, Katie, that wasn't the, her best game, even though she's still very good. But um, to be honest, we would expect a little bit more from Katie. I thought Chloe Lacasse did okay for Arsenal as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in general, in regards to other teams, I think you're right. It was a fairly 
bland day. And I think maybe it's just the first day nerves. I don't know. There's a lot of new players in in a lot of the teams. So I think personally, it is that gelling moment for the players because having spoken to some of the players as well, they said they really noticed, some of the new players, they really noticed in pre-season, the difference in games in pre-season and the difference in yesterday, like it was completely different. So I think that's generally the pressure of of competitive football. They're just gelling still, to be quite honest. Was that like the players saying that they noticed the difference in like the tempo, say like the opposition they were playing or that players no more so with their own their team yeah more so with their own team they 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 felt more um nervous on the pitch and they they you know yes the tempo is a little bit higher but they just felt a general emotion from the whole team of being a little bit more nervous which is kind of natural as well um to be honest but um yeah I, i would agree with a lot with a lot of those players in there yeah i was trying to come up with things to Go against it, obviously. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the Arsenal one, I was just like, no, there's too many Arsenal players. So surely you look at maybe Brighton having a good start to turn around from where they were last season. Um, Robinson was decent in midfield. She obviously was involved in both of the goals. So maybe she could have gotten a shout for one of those higher midfield ones. And Leicester, um, I mean, to score four goals. I don't I don't know how many goals they scored last season, but to get four in one game. I think their manager said after the match it took them ten games to get three points last season. So maybe someone was up for a shout with them, maybe Peterman in midfield or um even Nevin at the back, although I do agree with your backline. I'll give your backline. Let's yeah. start in fact top of the table because of that result. So. <laughs> Make a picture table, someone take a screenshot. Yeah. yeah, it was probably it was a a throw up between the two Katies for me, to be honest. McCabe and Robinson. I thought Robinson was quite good uh, yesterday as well. Yeah. Created the two goals as well. She looks so good. Like She looks like a real prospect. Yeah, I think she'll be huge for them this season, yeah. Leicester got 15 goals in total last year, so they've already well got a quarter. Well on their way. way. It'll be interesting though with Robinson because they've signed uh, another right back. Chen from mm-hmm. China. So I'm Do you not find sure. a way to fit them both in? Do they have enough quality that they yeah. can afford to not play both of them? Yeah, yeah, perhaps. But um I mean Robinson was very good. She was very good, but I don't think you're gonna leave Chen them last year, didn't she? Am I making that up? I think she won player of the season for them last year. Yeah, no, she was very good. But I don't think they're gonna change from a three five two. Yeah. Mm. And Emma, Carol, was there anyone in particular that you maybe had been looking forward to seeing and disappointed in the opening weekend? Looking forward to seeing, probably Garcia, actually, when I seen she was in the starting lineup, I thought that was good. And she was probably even better in the second half when she swift, switched to the left as well when Nikita Paris came on. I thought she'd created a lot for United. I think she should have a good season, hopefully. But she wasn't when you were disappointed by it. Sorry, that was the end of Oh, that. sorry. I didn't, wasn't obviously <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> no, I just, I thought <laughs> she was in the team. But how I'm... good she was. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, United. yes. Considering she scored one of the goals and come back against Villa, I was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, Emma, thank you very, very much for providing the first team of the week. I look forward to many, many more over the course of the season. So your anonymous bots can stop trolling our Twitter account now. <laughs> but thank you for all the effort that you put in as per usual. And now we move on to getting into the games properly. So I don't know where we want to start with this one, but I feel we'll start like... start with Arsenal losing. Yeah, I, well, I was actually going to go for that because I was like, I feel like we may have a lot to say on this one. So Liverpool won, Arsenal nil. Once again, Liverpool pulling off quite the performance on the first day of the season after they beat Chelsea the first day last year. Emma, when I asked for any questions that fans had, uh, had Alice Coilet, who's a regular listener of the podcast, wanted to know how worried she should be as an Arsenal fan right now. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm think just going to clip the nervous laughter and nothing else. <laughs> I don't think she should be as worried as Jonas Idevel, if that helps her. And <laughs> um, no, the thing is, they have the players. They have such quality in that squad. I don't think she has to be worried, but something needs to change. And it's not a change in formation during the game. I hate that. I hate that we we have to change. I also hate that there's a note floating around the pitch that you have to read to 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 find out what you're doing on the pitch. That make that worries me. That things have not been put in place and people are not sure of their jobs. Um, and they have to, to, to read it where you just get the team in, you tell them you've done it, you've worked on it in training, they go back out. It's very quick. So that was a bit worrying. But in general, no, because they have such class players. But you just hope that the, the right team is picked uh, with the right players in those positions and because of how you want to play, not because you want to play certain players. So that needs to be clear. Um. And start with your first team, start with your strongest team, because if if that happens and they build up that continuity and they get used to each other, then things are going to look up. But the problem is, I thought that would have happened after the Champions League because that was a disaster for me. I think getting knocked out of the Champions League for me was a really kick up the backside, like massively. So who did you think should have started? Well, I think Illestead should have started. Absolutely. If you're going to play a three at the back as well, hang on a minute, three at the back and you've got Illestead on the bench, you're playing Lotta Wubamoy and Jenny BT at the back who Jenny hasn't played last season. Yeah, this was going to be a big question for you. Like the standout thing for me is I don't, I wouldn't feel confident looking at that Arsenal back three that you couldn't get at them in terms of pace and well, to be quite honest, like Jenny's done a great job and she came on Champions League, scored a great header, but that's her playing up top. Like we're not talking about her in defensive unit. For me, the, the back line has to be consistent. So you have all this turmoil, first of all, with the keeper that they obviously wanted to change um, during the summer. So as a keeper, the mental stress you're under is incredible. Like that would, that's massive. I think you can kind of see that in, um, Zinsberger's performances. And she looks a little bit smaller in the goal, if you know what I mean. Like she doesn't look like her command and self. And that's a big problem. Um, and then you're playing three at the back where you've got Illustead on the bench. I don't understand why she didn't start. Lotta ha- has, 
not had the best of seasons last season. I don't know how that's changed. Maybe that has changed during preseason and he, she looks good, but generally would be a little bit low in confidence. And the goal, I think, proves it. Like you're, you're marking space. You're not marking players. There's one player in the box. Like you just have to mark the player. Anyway, just, just moving on with that. So you're playing a three, you're playing a five and a two, but you're playing a five at the back in defence. You're playing five at the back against Liverpool, first of all, which for me is sending a signal that you're not, like you are not going to destroy this team, which they should have been. They should have been more attacking. Um, And then it changes because they, you know, the first half was good. I thought Arsenal were good in the first half. I thought they'd created chances. Lacasse looked good in 1v1 situations. We stopped getting her in 1v1 situations. I thought we could have committed Kei a little bit higher or certainly asked her to be more aggressive getting into the box with the ball. Um, and we didn't go, we didn't try and play any intricate passing through the centre either, which was a little bit strange. Even if you do want to play wide, you have to play in the middle to create those spaces out wide. Yeah, I thought they went wide way too often and were kind of playing into Liverpool's hands because they had so many numbers in the box. If you're just lumping balls in there, it's always going to favour the defence. And I just thought they resorted to that a little bit too often in the second half in particular. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, they were playing five. There were times in the first half, I don't know if if this was seen or not, but in the first half when they were playing their five at the back, um, Russo was dropping in a bit as she does mm-hmm. but they were dropping with her leaving a huge hole and there was no midfield runners or yeah. nobody running into that space so it was easy for Liverpool as you say but there yeah, were times set up in a 4-3-3 you could have maybe penetrated the box a bit more before the yeah so he tried to change it a little bit so you could see him telling Monum to go up higher so to play three up but actually her runs from deeper were very dangerous so then we weren't getting that movement. It was, again, quite static up there. Um, and then he changed in the second half to, he went into a a 3-4-3 and he put Kimmy up top and he put Caitlin back. So Caitlin ended up playing in the right back position for a lot of the second half, which was really, it was a, it was really unusual. Um, also, you've got Kira Cooney-Cross coming off the bench as well, like, uh, for me, I would be I'd be starting her. She would be on the pitch. I'd be starting Illestead. Um I would I I would certainly be questionable who but who I play up front. I was going to ask. I think on form, Blackstone has showed during the World Cup that she could be in with a show. But you know, if you're winning and you're doing well towards the end of the season, I think they should have stuck with that going into the Champions League. I think that was one of the problems. And Do you think I know it was the, the how high profile the signing was kind of makes absolutely one hundred percent. Um, and she is a good player, but for me, you going into those games, Champions League. First of all, you do not underestimate your opponent, which they did against Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I would play with the players that have played with each other, are used to each other, and then you might be able to change it once you go a couple of goals up. Like I'm not saying you're you're obviously going to play Russo. You're going to play her, but there's a time to do it, and uh, it just it just looks a little bit disjointed at the moment. Do you think that Arsenal made a mistake, or not maybe made a mistake, but the fact that the focus was on like several really important contract extensions, brought in big name in Russo, obviously missed out on Mary Earps because United didn't want to sell, but not 
getting in more top class defenders and kind of steadying that line until the likes of because like Leah Williamson still a while off lost Raffaele like as you said you look at that back line and it, it doesn't really inspire massive confidence like they have a lot to prove I think and I, I also don't see a whole lot of as Karen said attacking pace there either or the fact that any attack coming they to us the is going to they have the players they're sitting on the bench like Ilish said, quality. She's she's good. Jenny B is good. Um, Lotta needs a little build up of confidence that should have been done during the summer. Um, so it's it's not a case of signing. They have the players. This is why he's under pressure because they have the players. He's been given everything he's wanted. Maybe not the goalkeeper, but you can your goalkeeper if you're if you play well, the goalkeeper won't have anything to do. So it doesn't really matter. But you have to be very sure if you're going to play a three as well. A three at the back is very difficult and you're not going to be asking your wing backs to be coming back against Liverpool. He did that because of he, he wanted that cover at the back and that was, it kind of confused us, I think, going forward. But but more than that, even more than that, even our press was off, something we're very good at. Our press was off, the, the timing was off. We were getting there late. Play, the Liverpool players were able to get their touches in, were able to turn. So there was it, it was a few things going on and things that, you know, I think should have been sorted out before, but then maybe we can talk about the congested fixtures before, how much time they had together before that to get these things right. Mm, well, as I say, congested figure, fixtures, so much to the point where you have to go and play United this Friday night, half seven after playing a Sunday game. They, in terms of if you're Jonas Seinfeld, you're probably a little bit worried because you have the Champions League, then you lose to Liverpool at home and then you have to go play United. It's not exactly, you know, an easy game to go build up a little bit of confidence or, you know, kind of work out whatever he clearly needs to work out. Karen, as a United fan... How excited were you for by that last like four or five minutes in the game? I mean, things very quickly change. <laughs> yeah, it was a nervy game. Um, I was always looking forward to this one just because of how last season's encounter with Villa was and all the last minute goals, and it lived up to that. Um, plenty of talking points in terms of penalty appeals and cards and all the rest of it. Um, but. I was really, I think we mentioned it obviously with Team of the Week, really happy to see Garcia playing so well because, you know, there was so much talk during the season of the loss of Russo and what they would do. But um, pronunciation is it, there's loads of different pronunciations. Is it JC or Geisa? <laughs> there's two different ones going on in the BBC there yesterday, so I hadn't clear <laughs> what was going on. But I, I, think that um, the gulf between their talent and Russo's talent isn't a huge amount. So, um, and the uh, the fact that United have a pretty solid team um, and don't have the kind of bedding in period that a lot of teams do have who made a lot of changes is a good thing. Um, and it was a really hard game to go and get a result in. So really, really positive start to the season. Although we still are relying on Williams coming off the bench and getting us a 92nd minute winner. I, I actually don't think he's played well yesterday. No. I, I don't think it was 
Villa, Villa played nice in football. I actually think Arsenal are going to go and they're going to beat you on Friday. Oh, I would not be one bit surprised, but like we take all the wins we can get, you know, like as a Man United supporter, I've been starved thus far from the Ben as well. So this was a little bit of joy and just leave me have it, Emma. I thought Villa were poorer than United, basically. But I, I, I don't think United... Sh- did anything to make me think they're going to challenge for the title. But again, we're talking about the first game of the season, blah, blah, blah. Nobody was amazing. I know, but when you, even when you look at Arsenal, you're like so disappointed by their performance and you know they have people to come off the bench and improve them. And you look at Chelsea and they're like, yeah, well, they're Chelsea. And this time looking at City, I was like, oh, they had a good start to the season and maybe all the changes and everything that they did last season will finally come together this season. Um, like I had a feeling that we absolutely got away with it against Villa at the weekend just because they had shouts for penalties and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's hard for me to remove myself from being a fan here and looking at the football. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't overly excited by how we played. Well, it was kind of funny because that was the game that I think most people looked at and were like, that's going to be the most interesting of the weekend, just in terms of where United and Villa are at. And I saw quite a few of the prediction pieces heading into the weekend in terms of like, this is way, way too early to be thinking about this, but who's going to make Champions League? Who's going to be contesting? And a lot of people had put Villa ahead of United and thought that this was going to be their year to challenge. But Oh, and again, far, far, far too early prediction. But off the basis of both performances, you would say that both teams probably both, disappointed both. in a way that a lot of people didn't expect. I think yeah, both of struggled for Villa, Villa really, really missed Dali in there, like massively. I think the, there was absolutely zero creativity. Also, question mark why Jordan Nobbs wasn't starting. Also, Adriana Leon, I thought she should have been starting over Alicia Lehman. Um, so if they get that right, I think they're definitely going to be a team to compete against. And and with United, I mean, they have the players. I personally, I don't think Jace is a number nine. I think she should be playing out wide, and I think maybe Lucia should be playing up front. But again, I still think they need a, a number nine. They still need that player up there, Rachel Williams. <laughs> it was incredible, by the way. Minutes. Yeah, absolute. Bullies everyone when she comes on. It's brilliant. Yeah. She had no it. right really to get her head on the winner. Um, like a deflected shot like that, you think it would like she did really well to readjust herself to the flight of the ball and get enough power to to get it into the bottom corner. It looked like it was going really slow, but when you look at it from behind the goal, um, I don't think the keeper could have done much about it. No. And we'll take it, we'll take it and run, and we'll just park it there, and we won't analyze the performance too much. Uh, it's funny how you wanted to go straight to Arsenal but United's like we'll just glide over oh, very they nicely <laughs> yeah it's true that, that is the benefit of even when you play badly but you still win um, a team that did also win was Chelsea 2-1 against speaking of speaking of teams that don't play well and win <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> win <laughs> 
the perfect example. Let's just uh, like record this piece and play it for the rest of the season. Don't yeah. One. <laughs> I mean, we literally don't even probably need to change the name of the goal scorers all that much in terms of <laughs> Lauren James. I feel like she's going to have a few more in her back pocket. And then Mia Fischel, lifelong Chelsea supporter, getting her first goal for the club at Stamford Bridge. Pretty big moment for her. But I did enjoy the fact that Emma Hayes afterwards was asked, obviously, Fischel and Lauren James, two of the youngest, if not the younger ones anyways, on the squad, what she thought and after their goals. And her first reaction was... They did. There was quite a few things I didn't really like about how they played, so I'm going to have to talk to them about that after the game. And it was just automatic Emma Hayes sort of mentality of things of, yes, you get your praise for the good stuff, but also no matter how well you do, there's still things that she wants to improve, especially in those younger players. So I thought that was an interesting comment from her after the game, if very on brand. Oh, yeah. Always looking for the next one, for the next one. And she knows that that kind of performance won't get her to where she wants to be and she wants to be winning Champions League. And she might not say it, but that is target this season. Yeah, and they had an opportunity to to really like turn the screw and they didn't. They let Spurs come back into the game. I know they made some changes and things like that, but they should have been more aggressive because I think Spurs... Center centrally in particular, the center defense looked vulnerable, and I think they should have been creating more chances um, than what they did. They were in cruise control, but you kind of want to set the tempo now. Um, but they won, as they always do, without Sam Kerr. Without Sam Kerr, yeah, without Sam Kerr, but with like the likes of Frank Kirby returning, and also I don't know, I. I feel like there's they still have the quality and the strength to do something good this season. Although maybe maybe this is a season that their luck runs out. I mean, we said that we could talk about all the times they haven't played well and yet they'll still come out with like a domestic double or a domestic treble at the end. Is is there any point in I suppose it's not not concentrating on the league, but maybe just putting more emphasis on Europe where will they feed into each of them, especially in a season where we talked about congested fixtures, the fact that players are wrecked probably coming out of the World Cup. No, it's oh, domestic first. Domestic first win that Champions League when it comes round. Obviously, they'll start thinking about that a little bit before, but... Um, Emma will be focused on the domestic stuff because there's no way you're going to win the Champions League and not be able to win at home. It's It just doesn't work like that. You have to be winning everything. You have to be on form. It has to be in a moment with a bit of luck as well. So you have to create that yourself. Yeah, I think Fischl looks like a good sign. And I think, again, the depth of their squad will allow them to be more than competitive in both. There's one of the things I've always found quite impressive with Chelsea. I think, Karen, did we talk about it on the last podcast? It's just like the breadth of their like scoping out for new talents, new players. Like Fischl's obviously been playing in Mexico before that was playing in the States. It just feels like they're kind of keeping an eye, especially for those younger talents who may be skipping the collegiate system and going straight into the pro leagues a little bit more than some of the other clubs are um, and could definitely benefit other clubs. And finally, we shall have a quick run around Man City 2, West Ham nil. Pretty solid result for them, despite the sending off. Um, that was Leila Uabi on 71 minutes. But Lauren Hemp on the score sheet, Dilruard as well in her first proper game for the club. 
getting on the score sheet, which I'm sure a lot of City fans will be happy to see, considering the fact they didn't do a whole lot of business during the transfer window. He just break too. They've been doing so many. <laughs> so and they've had new teams the last two seasons. Yeah. I'm actually I'm so happy they yeah. haven't been trying to bring new players in to put on the bench. This is the team. Getting a city settled team is the uh, I think they'll be super dangerous if they're just settled now. This is the team yeah. to be when Bunny Shaw is fit. Yeah. Because they do miss a number nine and that's, it's fairly evident. Lauren Hemp obviously is very, very good, but she's very good out wide. But this team is, I think they were really good last season as well. Just too late coming into form. They look like they've hit their form, like they found that and they found their team, which is very important. I could say this, if he changes everything in the next two weeks, I'm really annoyed with him. <laughs> I'm really annoyed. Um, no, this is the team to beat, I yeah. think, personally. Yeah. Well, it does. Adding Roared to it is tough. Do you know what? She she is very good. She is very good. But there's a reason she gets taken off in the 70th minute. Every single game last season, she was taken off. And sometimes I'd be like, why? Why is she getting taken off? Always. She seems to dip a little bit. So if... Garrett Taylor can find that balance of getting her on and and keeping her performances and trying to find that extra 100% from her. Um, She's a great player to have, obviously. Absolutely. Well, personally, I hope that none of those teams, apart from Arsenal, find a bit of form going forward for the rest of the season because I've already had too much heartbreak I cannot believe it's the start of the season and I've already had to say goodbye to Champions League nights at the Emirates never mind like title hopes or anything else so hopefully they're able to do it against United on Friday night um I'll actually be at an awards ceremony during this so I look forward to like gathering around a table with it on my phone trying to watch what's happening might have to rewatch it so we can talk about it properly on Monday but yeah Emma it was a pleasure having you back, Karen. Great chatting to you as always. Thank you for not leaving me in our uh, time of need. <laughs> Nowhere else to be. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that is not true, considering how busy you are. We, uh, we're always grateful that you fit us into our schedule. The Coyle Gig Pod on Off the Ball is sponsored by Cadbury, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. We are back on our normal schedule um, for now, so we will have all the WSL action for you. If you have any thoughts or anything you want to talk to us about, any questions you want to ask, you can get them into us on Twitter at the Koi Gig Pod. And we are always responding to things, posting things about various different Irish players uh, around the place who are doing bits. Shout out to Heather Payne, who made her Everton debut at the weekend. She came on off the bench. Sadly, didn't get to see Chloe Mustaki at Bristol, but hopefully she will get a chance. And um, yeah, lots of other Irish people doing exciting bits around the place. But for and now... Jess, and Jess Zoo back Jess on, Zoo, on yeah, the bench. Brilliant to see her back. And Jess Zoo back, which is also very, very good. Karen, we chatted a bit about how good it'll be from an IR side to get her back, especially getting some of those younger players firing again. It'll be pretty sweet. And that's all for us today. Thank you very much, guys. The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.